On this podcast, I was joined by Botcher Prompy, Stephen Maguire. I hope you all enjoy. I'm joined by Botcher Prompy and Stephen Maguire. Hi, Stephen, how are you? I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. Thanks for having me on. How are you? No, no bother. First of all, how are you dealing with the lockdown? It's all right, actually. The first month was hard, you know, because... Nobody knew really what was going to happen and things were getting a wee bit worse, but the weather's getting a lot better and I'm into a routine now, so I'm coping all right. And first of all, Stephen, are you able to tell us a little bit about Botcha? I, I play Botcha. It's a Paralympic sport and I've played it now for 16 years. It's a sport which is similar to balls in that you've got red balls and blue balls and you have to get your coloured balls closer than your opponent's towards the white ball, which is the jack. So you do that over four ends. Whoever's got the highest score wins the game. So what made you get into botcher in the first place, Stephen? To be honest, it wasn't so much botcher. It was the Paralympics that was my fascination. I remember watching Sydney 2000, watching the guys parading around the stadium and just fell in love with the Paralympics. But at the time, I was, I was only 16. Didn't do too much about it because I was still at school. And then by the time Athens came around, I went, yep. Yeah, 100% that's what I want to do. So I began to research which sports I would be able to do. And I was very lucky that Jacqueline Lynn, she, she lived in Bells Hill. So I was extremely lucky that she was only six miles away from me. She invited me along and yeah, 16 years later, I'm still playing. I started, it was January 2005. And then I was lucky enough, I went to the European Championships in 2005 in Portugal. I remember at the time, you know, you had to pay your own way. We went to Scotland and it was quite difficult to raise funds and things. And when I came home, I had the most amazing experience, Regan, and my brother told him all about it. So was that right, Stephen? You and your brother played at the Paralympics together? Absolutely, yeah. The dream was to get to the Paralympics and we just missed out in Beijing on, I suppose, the equivalent of football would be goal difference. So Uh with the same amount of points as the the, the bottom-ranked team. China hadn't qualified, so they, as hosts, took our slot. So we had to drop oh. out, unfortunately. So it was really disappointing, but then on, we just worked as hard as we could. Would you say that Botcher's progressed since then? 100%. 100%. I've seen Botcher go from one international competition a year to now, I think, on the circuit, there's, there's over 10 per year. We used to go, and it used to be Portugal, GB and Spain that used to win all the, all the medals. Now... The depth is so strong. It's tough competition for you, Stephen. Very tough competition. In Europe, there's probably us, Slovakia, Portugal, that are extremely strong. Slovakia is world and Paralympics champions. But then you go into Asia and you've got the current world champion from China and the current Paralympic champion from Hong Kong. So, you know, the depth's all over. And what was your first medal you ever won for Botcher, Stephen? First medal... Do you mean internationally or my first G- medal? Generally, yeah. So my first medal would have it would have been the British Championships. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been the British Championships in 2005. Do you want to explain the difference about qualification, Stephen? They try and make it a level playing field depending on your disability. So they try and make yeah. it as fair as possible. So in Botcher, there's four different classifications. BC1, which is cerebral palsy throwers which are less able than say a BC2. Two is cerebral palsy throwers that are more able than BC1s. 
In BC3s, the guys are unable to propel a ball by using their hand or their feet. So they will use a ramp and they will have a performance assistant with them to help them on court at all times. My classification is a BC4, which is basically any other neurological condition, which which is not cerebral palsy, but fits fits in uh, the criteria of everybody having you know weakness or bad function in the forelimbs. You became the Botcher World Champion. I did, Regan. Yeah, I won the World Champs in March 2016. It was a it was a crazy time actually because it's the only time the World Championships has had an individual only competition. Usually we have individuals and pairs together. Yeah. But this this time we travelled to Beijing and they threw it in where the winner got automatic selection into the Paralympics into Rio that later that year and yeah just everything fell for me a little bit the first two group games both went to a tie break you know so I scraped by them I wouldn't say I went there and blew the field away but from then on you gained a bit of confidence and a lot of things went my way and yeah ended up playing the fella Zheng who's current world champion but he put me out at the semi-final in London 2012 yeah. so he beat, he beat me in London and I beat him in Beijing. It was good. Yeah, Liverpool held the World Championships a couple of years back, 2018. And I think I'm right in saying it was the first time that tickets had been sold for people to come in and watch Botcher, which for us as a sport, it shows you how far we've came. It was fantastic. The atmosphere was great. And it was also shown live in the BBC. We got a lot, a lot of coverage within that. And as a GB squad, we managed to secure one world champion which was David Smith in the BC1 category So were you actually able to be on live TV for one of your games? Yeah I had a couple of games on live TV my very first game actually was on live TV against it was against Stokes from America and also oh. our first our first pairs game against Japan I was on the live court a couple of times yeah the Famous people that you know? Famous people that I know it's a good question very good question I mean I've bumped into so many people along the way. I wouldn't say I know them, but... Stephen was on a programme with Valerie Connolly. Sure, in the lead-up to London 2012, we were approached by Cara Connolly and Martin Clark. They were documentary makers. They wanted to follow them up until selection to the Paralympics. Yeah. So they basically filmed so much of our life for about eight months in the lead-up to, to London 2012, all the way up until the announcement so it was quite intense so they went to some competitions they came out to Portugal with us they filmed us at home about our backstory images about us growing up and things like that so oh, it was a great experience I wouldn't say at all they're intrusive in fact if anything they're great friends I remember when you came into my school to film as well that's right Regan that's right yeah because yeah I went to Ash Craig when I, I began coaching you were there at the time and that's where I went also at high school so I, I suppose we could say that a few good watcher players have come from that school. Yeah, exactly, Stephen. For people that want to take up sport, what message would you have for them? I would say that find something that you love because you can play sport at any level. You can play botcher at local level, all the way up national level, all to, you know, to the elite Paralympic level. Yeah. And as long as you enjoy it, there is pathways out there. So if you have a disability, then the first thing I would say in Scotland is 
Contact Scottish Disability Sport. Just tell them you're interested in sport. Explain what your disability is, what your interests are, and they'll probably point you to a local club. So what is it you love about Botch in particular, Stephen? I love the travelling. I love seeing new cultures, tasting new foods. I like all that sort of stuff. I've got great friends from around the world by doing it. I mean, it's 16 years now I've been travelling, but, but not only that, I love to be able to compete. Regan, you know, yeah. one of the one of the highlights for me is just that competitive element. I like to win. It's an interesting story, though, because I was never a winner. Do you know, it took me six years to win my first international match, which is yeah. quite a long time, but it also shows you that I'm quite, quite stubborn. So I stick at it until I, until I win. Yeah, but the standard of watch is really good as well, so... Yeah, the, since I've since I've started making the standards, it's always been pretty high and it's still growing, still getting higher. Yeah, I mean, I went to a couple of competitions with GB as well in the past and the standard's really good. That's right. I, you came to the, was it the European Champs with us? Yeah, and I came to Pavoa as well. That's right. So Pavoa, they, they call Pavoa the home of Bocca because I seem to have been there every year since I started. It's a nice place, actually. Yeah, right beside the ocean. Yeah, that always be special for me because I got my my first international win there. You're well ahead of the curve for me. Took me six years. <laughs> so Stephen, you're a big Celtic fan. I, I mean, I love Celtic. Growing up, my family are Celtic fans. I, I grew up at the time where Rangers were winning. You know, Rangers win their nine in a row. So you can imagine going through school as a Celtic fan. God, no, Rangers have won again, you know. So, but yeah, I'm a huge Celtic fan. I'm a season ticket holder now for over ten years. And get to as many games as I possibly can. Okay, so so you would have been around when the Seville 2003, 2004. What was that like as a fan to go to the games? Yeah, I would have loved to have went to Seville, but I didn't. I didn't. My dad went. He, oh, he said it was most incredible experience. Over two hundred thousand Celtic fans just, oh, did, you know. They got in their car, they got in their planes and whatever way they had to go, they got there. I think his route was he went to Manchester, flew to Amsterdam, flew to Lisbon, hired a car, drove to Seville. So it's quite a trek, but they do what you can to get there. Have you got any favourite European nights that you've been to? The one that will always stick in my memory, Regan, that's when Celtic beat Barcelona in oh, yeah. 2012, the 2-1 yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will never forget it because... It's very significant because it was Celtic's 125th year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, so, so it had all the emotion that went with it. And for Celtic to take the lead and then actually go two up, hanging on at the end. But what an incredible experience. The atmosphere was... Celtic's Park's renowned for the atmosphere, especially in European nights. But that was that was the best night I've ever been to. Really good. Did you go to the Celtic against Manchester United games? Because they're always special games as well. I did in 2008. I went to the one 2008 and I think they won it a year later. But yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo was in that team. So was that the game Celtic won and Nakamura scored? Nakamura scored the free kick. Yeah. I remember sitting there and going, he's too far out. He's too far out. What's he doing? And then he puts on a postage stamp right in the corner. Yeah. And Nakamura, was, he was one of my favourite players. Yeah. Who would be your favourite? For me... Growing up, I was very fortunate. I got the whole era of Henrik Larsson. Just a phenomenal player. He came back from such a serious leg break. And a, a year yeah. later, he won the Golden Boot. 
scoring 53 goals in a season. Yeah. So that's completely unheard of. But I mean, he played for Barcelona as well. Yeah. yeah, there's not many players that go from a Scottish team to Barcelona uh, and then on to Manchester United, you know. So <laughs> such a great career that man's had. The other players that spring to mind, Stephen? I've got two fan favourites. But my favourite, Lubomir Miravchik, was a Slovakian yeah, player. Yeah. He came um, 2008, I think he came to Celtic Park. But he came quite late in his career. I think he was about 33 or something. I remember a lot of the fans going, oh, you're buying an old player and all this sort of stuff. But this man was a magician. What he could do yeah, with his yeah. feet. I still don't know if he's left-footed or right-footed. Yeah. But he scored some wonderful goals. The other one was probably the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at Celtic Park was, was Arthur Boric. Yeah, on his day, you mate. So what a Absolutely. If there was a penalty, I would back Arthur Boric to save the penalty over the striker scoring. Over Fraser Foster? Fraser Foster is phenomenal. What a player. Against Barcelona, he was magnificent against Rangers in the Betfred Cup final. Probably yeah. the best goalkeeping performance I've ever seen. But... Yeah. After Boric, it was just everything about the man. He commanded his goal. But after Boric would be the best goalkeeper. Not just that, for Celtic, but like Van der Sar and these guys. But for me, after Boric was the best. So I want to talk about Tokyo 2021. So what's the situation now? Then are you still training from home? Yeah, currently still in lockdown in Scotland, and we're doing yeah, basically home training. So. We've got a stretching program, a strength and conditioning program. We have a, a throwing program. So as long as we're throwing a, a certain amount of balls a week, it doesn't have to be to a specific target just to keep the arm arm going. But it's not easy, but we do as best we can, Regan, at the moment. And yeah, it, it was the right decision. It was the right decision to postpone the games because I don't think it would have been fair on anyone to hold the games this year. Yeah. On a normal basis, how often do you train, Stephen? Well, on court, about four days a week. I used to do more. I used to do, when I started, it was about six days a week throwing, which is which is a bit excessive. But it's basically like a full-time job to you guys, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And and that's the way I see it. I see it as a full-time job. So now I don't throw as much, but there's a lot more little areas that I tap into. So like the gym three times a week. And we have physio support down at Hamden. We have massage support through the Scottish Institute on a Friday. So yeah, there's there's many different elements that make up make up uh, me as an athlete. So you guys are funded. Yep. So Botcha UK will get funding from UK Sport. The, that filters down to some athletes to help for training. Obviously, Celtic have been very successful over the last few years with Brendan Rodgers. What was it like being a fan and watching Celtic under Brendan Rodgers? It was great. It was great. As I said earlier, Regan, I went through a period where Celtic never won anything. And and it was extremely difficult to see them conceding not many goals. Just they won everything for three years solid. Yeah, it was it's probably the best period ever in my in my life of being a Celtic fan. The only thing I would say about Brendan is he didn't do too much in Europe. Yeah. So I think I think if he had a better European pedigree, he he would have went down more in, as a Celtic eyes. You know, a superb manager. He was a superb manager, but one of the best. So, what's your thoughts on Brendan since since he's left? Because obviously, he left with a bit of a a silver taste in the mouth from Celtic fans. He did. He did absolutely. Now, I think looking back, and he'll probably agree that he probably should have seen out the season. However, I can't blame him. 
You know, I can't blame him. He, he'd won everything that he could. He'd, he'd set Celtic up on a on a pathway of of dominance in Scottish football. So in that regard, I've many things to thank Brendan for. You know, so yeah, he, he brought the, the the glory days and the atmosphere back to Celtic Park. Yeah, I mean, what was it like being part the invincible season for Celtic? They started talking about the Invincibles probably in December, early January. Can you go the whole season? Watching the games, you kind of knew they could, but it was kind of unspoken about. No one wanted to say, oh, oh you know, but they did. What a phenomenal team that was. And the, probably the player of the season was Scotty Sinclair. Yeah. He was just fantastic that year. Yeah. I mean, do you as a Celtic fan take things for granted now? No, no, I don't think I'll ever take things for granted, Regan. As I said, I grew up in the 90s, went yeah. to school. So many of my friends are Rangers fans and they won everything and we won nothing. So, and no, I'll never take it for granted. So, after Brendan left, they had a double treble and then Neil Lennon comes in and secures the treble treble. So, what, what did you feel about Neil Lennon taking over? I was uh, one of the sceptical ones at the start. I was like, right, we've went from, you know, Brendan Rodgers to bringing someone back again. You know, so uh, Neil done a great job when he when he first took over, but you know, I'd, he'd done well at Hibs, but not done so well down south. And I was a bit like, all right, you know, what where where are we going to be now? But so I was a bit sceptical. I, I always thought, give it to Christmas, and it'll either be Gerard losing his job or Neil Lennon losing his job. In the in the end, it was neither. I was wrong. First to put my hands yeah. up. You know, he's turned it around. He's done great. Scottish football season overall. This season? It's been good, actually. I've really enjoyed this season. People talk about the gap, and now I know that when the league finished, Celtic were 13 points clear of of Rangers, so the gap is huge in that regard. But when you look at the games that Celtic and Rangers have played this season, they've been very competitive. You know, yeah, Rangers have close, won at yeah. Celtic Park. Yes, Rangers won at Celtic Park. Celtic's won at Ibrox. We'll both agree that the Betfred Cup final, Rangers were the better team. They just didn't win the game. Yeah, so yeah. it was looking really good, Regan, up until Christmas, a competitive league, and then Celtic just stepped it up, to be honest, and, and Rangers couldn't, couldn't keep the pace. And what about that famous night? Lazio, when Celtic beat Lazio 2-1? Yeah, I remember, yeah, I watched that game, Regan, and the first 20 minutes, Celtic were one down, I think. We were one down after about 10 minutes, and we couldn't keep the ball. And I was like, oh no, that's going to be one of these European nights away for Celtic. And then some, somehow they just got a bit of confidence, started passing, got back on level terms. And what a wonderful finish with that goal by, by Olivia and Cham at the end. A nice little chip over yeah. the goalkeeper. Stephen, what's your memories of uh, being a Scotland fan growing up? It was good. I remember being in high school, early on in high school. Scotland had qualified for France 98. Yeah. So I actually remember the last time we qualified for a, a major championships and Scotland were, they had the opening game against Brazil, that, that competition. And we, it, I think the game was meant to kick off about four o'clock. So we all actually left school early. The school actually gave us oh, permission nice, yeah. to, so we can go home and watch the game. Yeah, we, I mean, we lost to one, but fantastic experience and it's something that I hope sometime soon that we can reach another major championships. We've got a great squad to know if you look at players like John McGinn and Callum McGregor. And do you feel Scotland have got a good chance of qualifying? Oh, without a doubt. We've got the players. 
Uh, that's yeah. that's the, the thing. We've we've always had the players. We've got Kieran Tierney has just sold for twenty five million. We've got Andy Robertson, who's Premiership European and World Champion now with Liverpool. So yeah. we, you know we've got some fantastic players out there. How do you feel about the season ending? Uh, Celtic being thirteen points clear, and obviously you're going to get people that are going to say um, that Celtic didn't win the title. And... Yeah, I think in Scotland we operate in a, a sort of shoestring budget. So for for a lot of these teams being able to afford testing and things like that for this unfortunate virus that is going around, that it just wouldn't be possible. So and not only that, I think UEFA wanted like entries for European football for the next season. So yeah. we had to come up with some sort of system to by a certain date. And I think it was probably the fairest thing to do. It would have been different if the league had been a lot closer. But Celtic were 15 points clear. I think we had to play Rangers again twice after that. So the gap could have been huge. So I think it was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, the league was called in France, but and there's not a problem with that. I just find it strange that over here we've got some big problem, you know. But yeah, I mean, I do, I do feel sorry for the likes of Hearts. They were one point adrift, um, so they still had games to play, uh, points to play for, and against teams that were around them in the league. Yeah. But but saying that, you know, they had only won four four games all season, so you you never know. And I'm also going to ask. Are you all for the virtual season ticket? So watch the football from home during the pandemic? It's an, an initiative that I'm glad we've got. I'm glad we've got that opportunity because I'm unsure of when fans will be able to get back in the stadium. I don't think anybody really knows when that will be. But if we do go back, how many is allowed back? And then how do they choose who's yeah. allowed to go back? Yeah. So having the virtual season ticket, it's, it's great that we'll still be able to watch the matches and and cheer on a team. So have you bought yourself a decent ticket then? I don't think I'll ever give it up now, Regan. You no. Know, I, 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 no, I love the club. So, yeah, I've bought my season ticket and I'm looking forward to the ticket gone again. So who's your favourite player right now then, Stephen? Right now it's Celtic Park. I know he gets a lot of stick, but I'd probably say Bruni. I would probably say Bruni, yeah. Just because he's been there, what, what's that, 15 years or something he's been at the yeah. club? I've, I've met him a couple of times and he's, he's told us a story where one of his first days where he tried to crack a joke with uh, Bobo Baldi in the dressing room. Right. Uh, he went out onto the training pitch <laughs> and he wished he hadn't mentioned anything because he couldn't walk after it. Oh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> 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 uh, he thought he would come in, you know, and be the wee, the wee big man, but yeah, he couldn't oh, walk for a week after that. So do you think Celtic will be able to keep hold of uh, people like Edward and um, McGregor? I hope so. I, I really hope so. This is probably the most important season for Celtic. We're chasing 10 in a row, which is which has never been done in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. Edward is fantastic. What a goal scorer he's turned out to be. Yeah, his he's touch, good, yeah. He, yeah, he's now got these three kicks in his locker that he didn't have before. So he will certainly leave Celtic in a, in a year or two. But I'm hoping that we can keep hold of him for another year. I mean, Callum McGregor, he's... To me, he's an unsung hero, isn't he? What, yeah. what a player he is. Yeah, Technically, good, yeah. he, he can control that midfield. He can get box to box and he scores some important goals. Now, again, I can see him moving, but I'm hoping that we hold on to those two for at least another year. What about people like James Forrest and Ryan Christie? Yeah, James Forrest has been there through Celtic's complete nine seasons of winning the league. Honestly, can't be underestimated. 
he gets a lot of stick. And and I know he didn't have the same returning goals when he started out his career, but people have to remember he's been at Celtic since he was a boy. He was young when he started playing in the first team. So the last few seasons he's done really great. He scored some important goals, a lot of European goals. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player. Well, go back to your Borussia career. Who did you enjoy playing against? I enjoyed playing against Lung from Hong Kong, who's Paralympic champion. Oh, nice. uh, I, I love playing him. Every game I play, there's rather only like one point in it. Oh. And what what a player he is. I like playing Samuel Andericic from Slovakia because he's he's very loud, he's very aggressive on the court. It's good for me. I, I love all that. And as a probably as a pair, it'd probably be Canada or again Slovakia. Just oh. because there's that rivalry that, that we really enjoy. Best fed who are the umbrella that Botch has played under, the yeah. governing body. So for every international competition, they will have a live stream link. Uh, so it will be on usually on their website. So not, not very often are we on terrestrial sort of TV, but we should be somewhere when we're competing, it should be online somewhere. So behind closed doors football, are you enjoying watching it? And how is it for you? It's a little bit strange, but... Don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a huge football fan and I'm so glad it's back. Even though there's no fans, I'll be watching it. It's better with the sound, with the fake crowd sound. Yeah. So it, make, it makes it a little bit more real at some points uh, until obviously they have a shot and then <laughs> there's a cheer like three seconds after the shot. So it's a bit strange, but now nah, like I'm just so happy to have the football back. Uh, I've been watching the English Premier League, the Bundesliga, and there seems to be a game on every night at the moment. Yeah. So have the butcher give you, have they told you when they're thinking of a disability sport back? It's an ever-changing situation at the moment, Regan. Not many people really know when we'll be back. And if you look at it in terms of England that are starting to open up and Scotland's still in lockdown. So some athletes will be wanting to train, some will not. So it's, it's quite a fluid situation at the moment. But they have said that the, the calendar in terms of competitions has been cancelled this year. So there's... There's not much there. If we do go back to camps as a squad, you're probably talking about end of October, November before before that happens. It depends on people's you know personal situation. Like we've got a young lad that's doing his exams, yeah. so he's starting to go back to school, and he's hoping that there's the opportunity to nip into the sports court and do a little bit of training there. We've got another athlete whose father runs a farm. He's managed to convert the barn into a botch court, so he's got a full-size botch court there. Oh, nice! Yeah. So he can, yeah, it's amazing. So he can get through some some training there. So everybody's getting by as best they can, training where they can. As I said, some guys are able to get on court, but ninety percent of us are not. Stephen, how often do you meet up as a GB squad? Obviously, because some of the squad stay in England and they stay in Wales. So. Yep. As a whole, GB squad, we probably meet at least once every. Four to six weeks. That might just be a camp or leading into a competition or something along those lines. But it's quite demanding. It's a lot of travelling. You're right, we are split up. I would say 40% of the GB squad, maybe a little bit more, are Scottish. So it's, it's good that we have some camps up in Inverclyde at Largs. So we have some camps there. So the English athletes have to come up. But likewise, it's not fair for them always to come up here. So we go down there as well. So. It, it might be Loughborough, it might be Lily Shaw, it might be Sheffield, but we do we do a fair bit of travelling. Are you a Ronaldo or a Messi fan? I'm going to yeah. say Ronaldo. Are you Messi? 
No, I'm Ronaldo too, yeah. Yeah, Ronaldo. It's just that growing up, I followed his career through Manchester United. You know, I was, was a big fan of the English Premier League and I used to really watch and follow Manchester United growing up. Great just to see the, the levels of where he's been, what he's done, how he's always managed to stay on the top. So being a Man U fan then and following the English League, favourite players down there? Currently? No, growing up, I currently, yeah. Growing up, it's got to be Eric Cantona. Oh, nice. Eric yeah. Cantona, yeah. It's just everything about him. No one could really get near him. And if you did get near him, he'll let you know about it. You know? so, <laughs> what, what a player he was. Really liked him. Dennis Irwin, very underrated. Superb player. He used yeah. to take the penalties for Man United. A lot of people forget. Currently, Manchester United. Rashford, I think he's got a great career ahead of him. He's young. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing what he's, what he's done at the moment. I've always loved him one matter. He doesn't one really matter, get a game yeah. so much. Yeah, he doesn't really get a game so much now for... For Man United, he's always on the bench, but he was very similar to, I guess, Lubomir Moravchik. You know, quite small, yeah. but technically, technically extremely gifted. Half my family in Liverpool. Yeah, and they're all Reds. So. Yeah, well, that must have been so special, performing in Liverpool uh, for the World Championship then, and all your family being there. Fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. And the great thing is they all got to come down and watch, so I'd uncles, aunties, cousins, the lot were all there. But not only that, it was extended family as well, friends, family. So they all came to see us and uh, and cheer us on. And I think they were shocked at just the level the level of uh, accuracy and competitiveness that yeah. that these guys have. So oh, was it, for me, it was fantastic. It was like a mini Paralympics for me. From watching football, now we're going to go on to Stephen's favourite team that he, he's witnessed so the best players that he's seen live. So he's going to go through it. I mentioned him briefly earlier. My favourite goalkeeper would be Arthur Boric. Yep. He played for Celtic between 2005 and uh, 2010. Yep. And fan favourite. Loved the club. He understood the club. You could bank on him when it came to big moments. I remember there was a game against Sparta Prague. It was a Champions League qualifier. And it went to penalties. Winner went through to the group stages. And he saved three penalties out of five. So it shows you how good he was. So he'd be my goalkeeper. My centre-backs would be Paolo Nardini, AC Milan legend. He played at Celtic Park in 2007, I'm sure it was. Beside him, Nemanja Vidic. Oh yeah, he was was some player for Man U, wasn't he? He was incredible. But if you wanted someone with so much consistency, a big presence in defence, someone you can rely on, it was him. So he played at... Celtic Park, same time as Ronaldo, 2008, in that game. So, to have those two there as my centre-backs. Right mid, I'd go Zabaleta, 2016. Yeah. So, that was a, it was a Man City side that were blowing everybody out of the water, to be honest. The game at Celtic Park, was that, was that the game that finished three each? Yeah, three-three, yeah. Yeah, what a fantastic game. But for his energy up and down the park, was was superb. And then... I was going to say, are you a big fan of Pep Guardiola then? I am. Yeah. It doesn't matter where he's been. He's always had the same philosophy and the same style or the way he wants to play. Such an attractive team to watch, no matter if it's Barcelona or Manchester City or, or Bayern Munich. The left back, I would go for David Alaba from Bayern Munich currently. Yeah. He played at Celtic Park a couple of years back, 2017. He's probably played there. 
yeah, again, his energy up and down the pitch. It's fantastic. I was toying between him and then a bit controversial. I went for two sitting midfielders, central, and Iniesta, Andres Iniesta. Oh, yeah, so good player. He was that night at Celtic Park. It was a hostile atmosphere for anybody. When he was substituted, that was 70-odd minutes, the whole Celtic Park stood up and applauded him off the park. He just couldn't believe what was happening for... As an opposition player that's losing the match, usually you're booed and heckled and get off. But he was just applauded just because he was fantastic. He was one of these players that um, people just loved to watch so elegant on the ball. and Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I, I suppose the closest Celtic player to him would be probably Callum McGregor, just the way he yeah. brings the ball in and tries to dis- distribute the ball. And but, So beside Iniesta, I put uh, Andrea Pirlo. Oh, what, what a player he was. Yeah, free kicks, corners, penalties, you name it. And so much confidence on the ball as well. So loved him as a player. It'll be no surprise my wingers, right? I've put uh, Messi on the left and Ronaldo on the right. Stephen, I thought you were going to say James Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's on my subs bench. <laughs> you know, I've seen them at Celtic Park. They were phenomenal. I had to put them in. But there's so many other great players like uh, Shinzuki Nakamura that oh, played, he... played at Celtic Park, you know? What a, a... what a left foot he had. He was a dead ball specialist as well. Yeah, I would I would say he's probably the best dead ball specialist that I've seen, and that includes Messi in that. So just behind the striker, I've went for my favourite Lubomir Maravchik. There's only one guy you can put up front, so I'm only playing one striker, but Henrik Larsson. My favourite goal for Henrik Larsson is, it could be one, it could only be the chip over, over Klaus. Yeah, where he, he put it through the defender's legs and just chipped it from just outside the box straight over the goalkeeper. So a great day for me. Do you worry about the games are being played behind closed doors that Celtic may not play to the same level? That will be interesting. I mean, the 12th man for Celtic is the crowd. Everybody knows that. So when Barcelona came to town, when Man United come, Man City... You know, none of them were able to beat Celtic at Celtic Park, and I think that was due to the crowd being there as well. So it pushes on our team. The opposition players go, oh, what's this noise, you know? So they're not quite used to it. It might be a leveller. I hope not. I hope not. I'm hoping still Celtic can go out there playing 3 one football, which they have done since January. That's that's what I hope for. But yeah, um, I guess we'll just need to wait and see. I am a little bit nervous that it's just like a training match. But yeah. fingers crossed, no. Do you think Celtic need to bring in a few players? I think it's always good to bring in players. I think we probably need a, another striker. We've got a couple of strikers that have not really had the chance yet, like Kamala and yeah. maybe a, a Patrick Roberts. Bring him back. I hear that he's, he's out of contract. Yeah, because Celtic got rid of Johnny Hayes as well. That's right. Yeah, and Johnny Hayes was a good servant for Celtic. Great energy, loved the club, knew he understood what it was all about and scored some not many, but he scored a goal against Rangers this season to make sure that it finished 2-0. We're well, just going to finish on, have you got any favourite stadiums outside of Celtic Park? I've been to Old Trafford. What a stadium that is, it's just massive. I really enjoyed that. I went down there to watch Manchester United versus Leeds. Oh, At nice. the time, huge rivalry as you can imagine. 
that was great. I went down there with a couple of friends of mine. We were young at the time. A lot of my family are from Liverpool, so I've been to, to Anfield. Really good stadium as well. Are these stadiums accessible for wheelchairs? A lot of them are older stadiums. So like Anfield, they try and adapt as best they can. So like Celtic Park's great in that we can get fans all round the front. So there's quite a lot of space for wheelchair users. So would you say Celtic Park's ahead of the ahead of the rest of the stadium? Well, I would I would like to experience going to some of the newer grounds, you know, Tottenham's new ground. Yeah, that looks amazing though. Eh? Yeah, and even the Emirates or Wembley, just to see what the disabled seating was like there. Yeah. These stadiums are a lot a lot newer than, than most. Yeah, I know at Celtic Park mainly we're sat around the front. Scottish summer when the rain's coming down in the summer you tend to get wet but it would be good to see what what else is out there Stephen Mill thank you for coming on it's been really really good you're welcome Regan no thanks for having me just want to say thank you to Stephen for coming on the show I hope you all enjoyed you can follow Always Good Jalaski on Facebook Twitter and Instagram